Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back. In this video, I wanted to share why it is I share my personal story as I teach about all these difficult concepts and struggles that we all go through. And to do that, I'm going to start off with a story. I think it's the best way to illustrate it and walk you through why all of this, all the different reasons why this is so important to me. And, and I think it's the best way to help people. And it really is a story from almost 20 years ago when I started working with uh, my counselor, who's now really my colleague and friend and mentor um, that I learned most of this stuff from. And I had been seeing him for a couple months. I was in the process of my first divorce and I came into the office because I discovered my ex-wife, now ex-wife, had created a blog where she was divulging all of these details from her marriage. We had a court order that said we were not supposed to say anything negative in any shape, directly or indirectly, about the other person. Um, it's about protecting the children. And there was this blog that just gutted me. And I think I, my memory isn't perfect, but I'm guessing about 60% um, of it was true. 40% was just complete fabrication. And I came screaming into the office. I was irate. Can you believe this? Uh, you know, this is just awful and everything. And I'm just going off. And I remember him just sitting there patiently listening to me go off. And then he finally said, so let me ask you a couple questions. Are you open to that? And I was like, sure. And he said, so how much of it is true? And I said, you know, my memory is somewhere around 60%. And he goes, okay, so what parts of it are true? And I said, well, she's talking about how, you know, I cheated on her. I had, I had affairs. Um, she's talking about my sex addiction. She's talking about, you know, stuff from my childhood. And he said, so all of that is true. And I said, yes. And the rest of it isn't true, you know, according to you. And I said, yeah, that's right. And he goes, okay, so let me ask you, what can you control and who can you control? And I said, well, me, I'm in control of me. So do you have any control over what anyone else thinks, feels, or says? No. Do you have any control over your own thoughts, feelings, and actions? And I said, yes. And he goes, okay, so who's responsible for cheating on their wife? And who's responsible for having addictions and all these other things that, you know, you recognize are truthful about you? <laughs> well, I started to get a little bit smaller in the chair. I'm like, well, I'm responsible for that. And he's like, so who can control that with their thoughts, feelings, and choices? I said, well, me. And he said, so who's responsible for that information getting out? Is it the person sharing it? Or is it the person who took the actions which gave them the ability 
to share it. Wham! I collapsed in my chair at that point. I learned a valuable lesson. If we don't want somebody talking negatively about us, we can make different choices. And as he said to me, he goes, look, Kenny, I don't want you to be too hard on yourself. You're perfectly imperfect. You became an addict because you went through a horrific childhood, just like every addict. The only reason somebody's an addict is because of the intolerable pain that they went through. And they're trying to medicate it. It's the only resource they have because we don't teach people how to deal with their pain. We advocate that people don't talk about it, never face it, never share it. And so you were just doing the best you could. But here's the thing. And, and, and also it led you to, you didn't know how to say no, you couldn't defend yourself. And so you chose to have affairs to end the marriage because you didn't know how to stand up for yourself because of that childhood. Now you're not to blame for that. You can't be blamed for doing the best you could with where you were at the time. But you are responsible for the consequences of those imperfections. They will be with you the rest of your life. And so, if you don't like those consequences, if you don't want people to talk this way about you, or you don't want to feel the shame over your own choices, then who's in control of that? You. You get to decide if you're willing to do the recovery work so that the emotion, the pain from your past doesn't drive your life. Now, if you choose not to do that, this you're seeing an example of what the consequences are. Is that what you want? Now, I can see that you're in the office, so that tells me it's not what you want, but you're going to be perfectly imperfect on this journey. Well, that's when I realized that my any person who comes into my life that's perfectly imperfect and that so-called hurts me, they're a gift. They saved my life. That woman saved my life. I adore her. Look at what that one, and I could talk for six hours about all the different things, situations like this, where her imperfections shone the light on my imperfections and allowed me to focus on what I can control, me, and allowed me to heal and become a better father, a better man. So I have absolutely no resentment towards her. I adore her more than I ever did in our marriage or dated. I have an, an unbelievable respect because as I look back over both of my marriages and I see all of the imperfections, they were just my imperfections and they, they are an opportunity to heal. Now what this eventually led to and why it matters now is when I realized this was my calling, that even though I'd played pro sports, I was very successful and did very well. You know, I had a remodeling and construction company that was very successful. I was very good at building homes and custom furniture, and, but they weren't my gift. This is my gift. But I had kind of a soul crushing moment when I realized, oh my God, this is my calling because look, when you're in this position, coach, therapist, whatever, a doctor, everyone projects onto you that you're perfect. You can't have mistakes. Like a lot of people will say in my videos, you're too broken to help people. You, you know, you have to be perfect. And so I started looking over my life and I'm like, oh my God, alcoholic, sex addict, love addict, spending addict, sugar addict, tobacco addict, two horrific divorces, a wife who was physically and verbally abusive, uh, bankruptcy, 
two professional sports that I sabotaged and see I never wanted to play. Not a very good father. And I spent three days contemplating suicide. That's a lot. Many people have more, many people have less. You can't grade trauma because whatever your worst experience is, it's the worst for you. And that's just as bad as anyone who so-called went through more. None of us, we do this so we don't have to face our trauma. We go, well, it's not that bad, so I don't need to deal with mine. Oh, no. If this is your worst, it's equal to theirs. We are all equally in pain and equally imperfect. But when I discovered this is what I needed to do, I realized there's only one way to do it. Do you see what that moment taught me in therapy was I have to face myself. I have to face my imperfections, that I'm an addict, that I cheated on my wife. That to gain true self-esteem, I have to accept my, my imperfections. That's what self-esteem is. It's the acceptance of the perfect and the imperfect, that there's no difference. I accept all of me. Well, that meant I'm going to have to lead with my pain. And why is that? Because what is it everybody wants in life? Connection. And what is it they're afraid to do? Share who they really are. If you saw my imperfections, you wouldn't love me. Well, that's what's causing everyone's pain and terrible relationships and poor careers. We can't accept who we are. And so if I'm going to teach people how to accept who they are, but I'm going to hide all this, what a fraud. We've never had a model of what that looks like. So we can't do any. Remember, we can only do what we know. But most people in this industry, they hide behind or they tell a little bit, but not all of it. Not the deepest parts of it. And so I realized I had to talk about my addictions. I had to talk about how I manipulated my first wife, how I was equally abusive, how in my second marriage, we had an open relationship and she was an escort and I knew it. Now she and I debated whose idea it was. I, you know, I knew when I met her, I didn't know she was an escort. I found out just before we got married, she had stopped. But during the marriage, we had a conversation about her starting again. It's my memory that I was the one who initiated it. It's her memory that she did. It doesn't matter. I pimped out my wife. I have to own that. And see, that's what I realized is if I'm going to lead this, people are going to find that out. So do I really love myself? Do I really have self-esteem? Am I really ready to lead people if I'm not ready to share that? Now, don't get me wrong. It scares me to death to share all this stuff with you. Petrifies me because I'm still that broken little child too. And I want your approval. I want everyone's approval just like you do. But do you see what it gives me? What it gives everybody? It's an opportunity. Every time I get in front of this camera, I'm scared to death. Doesn't matter. I have to face it. I have to share my imperfections because if I'm not willing, you won't be willing. And my job is to give you permission. That's the only way we recover is to face our imperfections. As I said, self-esteem is the ability to accept the perfect and the imperfect. And so that's why I lead with my story. It's about giving you permission. 
It's about putting myself out there day after day after day, working on accepting my imperfections and loving myself. Many days now, I'm perfectly comfortable with it, but there are still some days where I'm scared to death. It's like this video, I've shot it several times and I notice things, I'm like, oh, that was manipulative. Man, you really got passive aggressive there. You got judgmental there. And finally I was like, this is it. This is the last take. I'm gonna say it wrong. I'm gonna say it judging, manipulative, passive aggressive. I'm gonna do it wrong, but you need to see it. I have to, I have to see it. And I have to, when I watch this at the end, I have to go, Kenny, I love you. You did the best you could with where you were at the moment. And that gives them permission to do the best they can with where they are in the moment. So that's one of the reasons I share my story. The next reason is I personally don't believe that the coaching and therapy model that's out there works. Now, these, this is what's called my reality, my morals and values, my needs and wants, my negotiables and non-negotiables. It doesn't mean it's right. It's just my truth. And my studying of all of this, this is the conclusion I've come to. Again, it doesn't mean I'm right, but here's what I look at. Several key factors which drew me to this conclusion. First of all, just like Pia Melody discovered, she's the foremost expert in codependence. I've researched what I think are all of the codependent teachers, and most of them, it's very superficial. She is the most in-depth and gives you the deepest solution, and that's what I'm after. And as she was discovering all of this, she would talk about how she'd go home and vacuum, and all of these ideas, it's just like me, when all of my insight came, it was somewhat similar. And she was about to lose her job, she's a therapist, and because she was so chaotic and all over the place. And so what she decided to do was start to share her imperfections with her clients and her discoveries, and then started to openly talk about it. And that's how she discovered this model. And what she realized was, wait a minute, this is what our clients need. This equal exchange of information, this vulnerability, because what's the typical therapy model? Top down, they look just like a parent we had. They don't talk, they're the expert, they're above us. Well, you already felt hurt and shamed by that overindulgent, overpowerful parent. Are you going to open up to a therapist or coach that won't share their imperfections with you? Of course not, because you're afraid you're going to get judged just like you were by that parent. Well, that's what Pia discovered is that the therapists in this industry, that's what they are. They are the falsely empowered parent achieving the same role. And that's why people's success is so limited. The other aspect of this is the way people become therapists. They go, right, look, all of us have been through dysfunctional abuse in childhood. And because of that, as I talk about in my book, every career we pick is based on our childhood trauma. That's it. We're trying to reconcile it. So if you're in this field, it's because you went through horrific trauma. But they go from that trauma into college where now they don't even teach them how to heal their trauma. They used to do a little bit. They don't even teach them now. And then right into treating people. They've never healed themselves. And they hide behind this guise of, well, we don't share a personal history. That makes us, you know, boundaried and, and there to protect you. No, because you, you don't see yourself yet. You haven't healed yourself. And so you're just not aware of how you're transferring that pain and keeping that over that falsely empowered role with your clients. It's not kind and loving. 
The other aspect is that psychiatrists, they're just taught biopharmacology. They're not even taught how to heal people. They're just pill dispensers. Well, pills don't heal you. Pills cover over pain. This is every health condition other than a couple, which are truly genetic, this falsity that you know diseases are genetic has been disproven for decades, and that's a different topic, but <clears throat> we know, science knows, the studies are out there, our health and, and illness and disease is caused by trauma that's never been healed. Well, a psychiatrist who's just a pill pumper is not helping you. They're keeping you sick, and then the pills make you even sicker. Now, conversely, there's the other side of the coach or therapist model, the disempowered. See, that's the, the falsely empowered side. They're walled off, shut down, don't want to talk about it. They're going to push these things, but they're never getting because they don't want to face the pain in themselves. And so that's why there's the wall. And so they can't help you get past your own walls. But then there's the disempowered side as well. These are the people that can't call things what they really are. This is all throughout the medical community. Stress, leading cause of all these diseases and illnesses, stress. Well, the clinical definition of stress, if you read it, is the fear response. When we're stressed, we are afraid. But in our culture, we're not allowed to call anything bad because we're also disempowered. We can't talk about the truth. We can't say that because then our shame hits. It's like, oh, I'm afraid. I can't be afraid. I don't have permission to be afraid, but I have permission to be stressed because if I tell you I'm stressed, I'm falsely empowered. It means I work more than you. I do more than you. I'm more powerful than you. I do so much, I'm stressed. But see, it's hiding under disempowerment. Or people will say, you need to change your state. Well, what's a state? It's your emotion. It's your feelings. But we don't like the words emotion or feeling. And so they use the word state because what's the first thing that pops into your mind when you hear state? Texas, Alabama, Georgia, no threat, no emotion comes up. So coaches and therapists are picking terms to sell you programs that make you feel good and don't make you confront reality of what the real problem is. It keeps you sick and dysfunctional. I don't want to do that. That was my experience with therapists. It keeps us in denial and we're deceiving ourselves. Healing requires truth. Truth. We have to call things what they are. It also means we're not in reality. If you think you're stressed, you're falsely empowered. You don't know that you're afraid. Well, if you can't admit the truth that you're afraid and accept that imperfection, you can't heal. The other aspect of it is it's manipulative. It's unkind, it's codependent, and it's meant to get you to like them and buy their programs. That's not recovery. And so I use terms, well, I'll get to that in a minute when I talk about marketers. The bottom line is this, to heal, you need a couple of things. One, you need intimacy, connection. What is intimacy into me? I let you see. We all want to be heard. We all want to be understood and accepted. The second thing we need is reality. What is reality? Truth. Denial and deception is the opposite of truth. We don't know who we are. Therefore, we can't tell the therapist or coach what's really going on 
because we're using these false terms. We're hiding around being nice. Nice isn't love. Remember, my counselor, he taught me love is accountability. Love is ownership. These programs and therapists and, and TV and everything that don't want to hurt people and want to find politically correct terms so nobody's upset are keeping everybody in denial and deception and out of reality. That's not love. That's abuse. And that's, that is abuse. That's hard to say, but it's abusive. Our model for helping people is primarily abusive because we haven't done the work on ourselves. I spent, God, 30 years, 20 years heavily before I ever started working with clients. That's unheard of. And I'm still perfectly imperfect and broken at it. <clears throat> That's also why in my videos, you'll see I stumble all the time. I use the wrong words. I, <laughs> I recommend a book and I say the wrong title. Um, I read from scripts. I look down at things because I get scared. I can't remember everything. I get into flight or flight. You lose blood flow to the front of your brain. You should see as soon as the camera comes off, my brain goes, all these great insights that just can't come out in this format. They would come out one-on-one. -on -one. When there's true intimacy, I'm talking to a lens. Ultimately, I always try and remind myself, pretend you're just talking to one person, but I don't have the energy of another person here with me. So I have to create a system where I can somehow communicate this information. But people have told me, you need to cut out all that stuff, you know, get higher produced videos. No, I'm imperfect. Now I may at some point do stuff like that, but I, I'd shoot my videos in my house. It's a level of connection. This is part of me. Now, obviously you're not here, you know, but it's letting you into my life and showing you. Now, here's the thing, because I can hear therapists, because of the model they've been taught, you're transferring things, you're, this is too much information, this is bad, that's faulty thinking, that's incorrect psychology. When I work with a client, I don't turn the session into healing me, you know? I only share my stories as it pertains to their life, and they don't know the way I share my stories, I share them, I'm skilled and an expert in how to share my dysfunction and my life history in a way that benefits the client without poisoning the client. That's a skill set, but therapists haven't been taught how to do that. So they project onto me that what I'm doing is wrong. Well, they don't even know. They haven't even seen me in action, but they don't even know the model. They don't even, they, most of them haven't done the disempowering work or, or the falsely empowering work to know the difference. That sounded a little judgmental and mean. I don't, I had too much energy there. I don't, I don't worry, after the video, I'll critique myself and hold myself accountable for how I said that imperfectly. The next thing I want to talk about <coughs> is marketers. How marketers want to change me. They want my programs to be easier. They say they're too tough. You need to keep them short and fluffy and not use such direct language, use lang language that they like. Um, it challenges people too much. Well, they might be right. There's probably truth to that. Um, 
many beginners won't be ready for me. It's too much. A person who is ready to heal, they will love my stuff because they're sick of all of that stuff that most people do because they're the disempowered. They're trying to keep it light and fluffy so you like them and buy their stuff. I don't care about that. I want to put out the best content available so when you go through my program and read my stuff, you're like, that's the answer. I can heal now. That's what matters to me. That's my moral and value. That's why I did this business. As I saw, people won't go there. Now, there are some, but it's a very small amount of people that really get into the heart of the, and heat of the matter. Well, that's what I teach. And so I don't sell as much. I'm okay with that because it's authentic and it's not manipulative. And that works for my morals and values. They also want me to change my language. They want me to be more superficial and fluffy. Now, I'm always working on my language because I do talk condescendingly and arrogantly. It's, you know, behaviors that were passed down through my family that I'm constantly trying to work on. But I won't change my language and start calling things stress and states because I will not promote people staying sick and in their dysfunction and broken. I will not continue that. I will not play the political correct thing because that's abusive. Political correctness is abuse, flat out abuse to both sides. I will not promote that. It goes against my morals and values. They also, as I said, want my videos to be perfect. I can see dressing them up could be fun, but I like, I like how they're just kind of, I just go through them and I let them be what they are. They also tell me to change the way I dress. Um, because nobody dresses like this anymore, so I don't fit in. And we want people to fit in. We want people to feel comfortable with you. Well, I won't give myself away. I've done that in marriages, changed the way I dress to get them to like me. I love clothes. I wear suits going to the grocery store on Saturday morning to get a thing of milk. This is how I dress all day, every day. I know I could sell more, have more followers and everything if I dress like everybody else. I don't want to. I love color. I love all of this. It works for me. Now, it does create some problems with people's assumptions of me, and I'll get, that, get to that in a minute. But I won't give myself away anymore. I can't. Because it almost cost me my life by trying to please everybody. I won't do it. I have to give myself and everyone else permission to pursue what works for them. Now, when it comes to the people that are watching this or my other videos and they disparage me, I'm going to be real careful here because this can come out as judgment, but it's really coming from a place of expertise of how these dynamics work. And those who come after me and do disparage me, really the reason they do it is they're stuck, they're early in their journey. When they hear something about what I talk about, what they're hearing in the story is how they've done it. And they're not ready to face it. And so they project that out onto me, especially my narcissism posts. My gosh, you want to talk about getting venom? Well, that's because as I talk about the dynamics, they see themselves and their own brokenness. And they're so filled with shame, they're dumping it on me. Well, again... I know when I get a notification from a narcissism post, I'm like, oh, get your boundaries up. It's not fun to get gutted. 
but I have to face it because remember, it's an opportunity for me to keep my boundary and go, this is about their pain. And you know what the truth is? They're just me before I did all the work and I'm still in the process of the work. But that's it. There's no difference between us. Their anger and hatred of me was my anger and hatred of my ex-wife and everybody else when I was in their place. They're just very early in the journey. As they move along, they'll see, oh my God, he was right. The issue is me, not him. But it's okay that they're there. I don't need them to be different. But what they don't recognize is they are in the walled off, walled in, disempowered and falsely empowered positions both extremes of codependence. They see themselves in the story, but they can't see themselves in the story. And they also forget. Remember, just like I started this video, my ex-wives are responsible for their choices. If they didn't want these stories heard, they had options too. They could choose to heal. Just like me. Remember that. And so that's what these people are seeing. They don't want people to know their stories. They're stuck in the pain and shame. And they're trying to blame me for that. And my heart breaks for that because I was there and it almost cost me my life. I don't want that for them. Also, people make assumptions because of, you know, a lot of people don't like my videos or they don't like me. I know the way I move and, and my mannerisms Again, there's an arrogance to it that I work on that I don't always see or can't get rid of. I mean, we learn these things in childhood, so they're very difficult to address and take years to address. Um, but also the way I dress in our culture now, you know, we, have, we disparage anyone who looks like money, you know. And so people project that because the way my house looks and the way I dress, I'm this rich, spoiled country club kid who had every was spoon fed. I get that comment a lot. You're just a spoon fed white privileged guy. Well, it's true. I grew up at a country club, but we weren't even, we should have never been members. The only reason we got in was my grandfather. That's a whole nother story, but we were poor white trash when we were members of that country club. Now, as my dad got older, he made the money when we were all gone. Um, but I was very fortunate growing up around that environment because I got to see the rich and wealthy are the most broken on the planet. But because our society says they have it put together, nobody knows it. We all strive to be that. And then they're caught. They're also caught in this dynamic. They can't be, they can never talk about their pain because our society says, what do you have to complain about? You got money, you got this, you got privilege, you got everything. They're the, they're the most broken people on the planet. I grew up with them. And allowed me a unique perspective to see both sides, that there's no difference between the person on the street and the person in the jet. They just express their dysfunction differently. One is quit. One is falsely empowered and hiding. That man who's on the street corner holding that sign begging for your help is the exact same man who's flying in the jet. He's begging for your help too. He's just more detached from it. That's all. It was a wonderful opportunity. But here's the bigger piece people don't realize. When I started this business seven, about, yeah, seven years ago, I was broke. I was living off credit cards. I had very little money left that I could borrow, and I was going to be on the street. 
And when I walked in and, and, you know, I've told the story before of how I realized this is what I was supposed to do. I was an Uber driver. And my first clients I got while driving for Uber, I put little pieces of paper on the headrest. And the first clients I got, I counseled in my car and at Starbucks. I didn't have any of this. I didn't have this. I worked. And I didn't work in the way you think. I worked emotionally. I've worked my you-know-what off emotionally to get where I am. Not physically, not the grinder that we've all been taught. The key to being successful, the type of success I want, is to be developed in my emotional mastery. When I have that, everything falls into place. It's not how hard I work. In the typical sense, we've all been taught. That's a, for, I mean, we have to do, ask, we have to work, but that's not the solution. The solution is emotional mastery. And the more I work at that, the more I end up with things like this. And I, I decorate it this way because it brings me joy. My work takes tremendous emotional energy. I need a place where I can walk in and go, God, it's pretty. Man, it's just beautiful to be in here. I do this for me. It fills my soul just like my clothes. So this is why I share my personal story. I hope it works for you. It doesn't mean I'm right. This is, this is just my reality, my morals and values, my needs and wants, my negotiables and non-negotiables. If it works for you, if it aligns with your values, I hope you come along for the journey. And if it does, I want you to know this is a safe place. My videos, my books, whatever it is I do, even if you don't participate in any of the things I offer, here with me and with my stuff, you have permission to talk about your pain. You have your permission to dump your pain on me and on my posts. So I have the opportunity to accept that I was you. And I don't have to be you anymore. But I can sure as hell empathize with you and have a heart for you and love you where you are without judgment or criticism because you're just me too. You're the imperfect side of me, which I'm still working on. There's no difference between us. And so I want anyone to know who, if you've stayed this long, this is a safe place for you. You can come here at any time. You're accepted and you have full permission to share your perfect imperfections. There's no difference. They're all the same. And my hope is you go on the journey to accepting both of them. And if you do make that choice, as I always say, man, it's a beautiful, beautiful journey. Enjoy the journey.